this one lesser-known PR firm is doing it. Yeah. What are these big studios? Exactly. Just them duking it out. Being to each other the whole movie. And it's brilliant. It could be Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey Part 2, which is coming. I know, and I'm there. <laughs> I don't care. No more excuses. Now you have to catch up on Ahsoka, because the fourth episode was actually really fucking good. I still have not watched any it of them. It was really good. I So you know, like we've chatted. Yeah. I've, I thought the first three were fine. I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm interested. The fourth one, we're halfway through the show. I was kind of like, all right, this it's either going to be, this is going to get me to the end, or I might check out. Eight episodes? Yeah. Okay. And the fourth one was fucking good. I saw that the fifth one's going to be playing in theaters, so yeah. clearly some shit goes down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it'll be fun. I'm hoping to catch up. I'm actually flying out of town, so I'm hoping to I can download them and then mm-hmm. watch them on the plane. That'd be Play smart. catch up there, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Um, hello, guys. Uh, How you doing? New episode of The Roundtable. It was a bit of a slower news week, but we still wanted to bring some of the news to you guys. We'll have one mm-hmm. main story and then a couple B-roll topics for you, and then we'll get to the best part of the show at the very end. You know what it is. And uh, with that down, Nicholas, what is our main topic for today? Our main topic? Yeah, our first story actually comes to us from an unusual source, one of the trades not normally in our rotation. Vulture got a bit of an exclusive scoop here. Yeah, Adrian Toomes himself. Adrian Toomes himself. Um, The decomposition of Rotten Tomatoes, the most overrated metric in movies, is erratic, reductive, and easily hacked, and yet has Hollywood in its grip. Basically, what a fucking hater title. I know. They were like, I am making this a scathing review. Uh, But basically, Rotten Tomatoes got into a bit of a controversy uh, in terms of, well, I guess a PR firm more Mm -hmm. so. But a PR firm was paying people to leave positive reviews on movies. Yeah. So Rotten Tomatoes allowed it. Yeah. So here's here's the situation as we know it as of now. Yes is and this is a kind of a developing story so if we have updates we will, we will, as we always do we'll bring it to the show yeah. um before i dive into what's going on let's quickly remind everyone how rotten tomatoes the website works yes um they don't actually give anything ratings um the tomato meter is all that is is it takes a bunch of movie reviews rounds them up and then tells you the, what percentage of the reviews are positive positive meaning it was okay to it was excellent mm-hmm. you know if a movie has a movie can have a 60 percent on rotten tomatoes if six out of the 10 reviews say it's the best movie of all time or if they say it was okay still a 60 but that that's kind of how rotten tomatoes is and then it kind of got skewed as to what it means and everything but that that's what it is it's just it aggregates a bunch of reviews and kind of does it that gives way. a happy median yeah yeah because you know not everyone has time to read every single goddamn review out there mm-hmm. now uh what has happened is uh, it has been found out through an investigation that a PR firm called Bunker 15 has been paying small-time Rotten Tomatoes critics so as little as $50 to boost their tomato score because, you know, some of their films weren't doing as well as they had hoped. And the first example of this that they traced down was from a uh, thing called Ophelia. It was a... It had... um. Um, oh my gosh, Daisy Ridley, I believe. Yes. Doing a version of Ophelia, the infamous, you know, classic story. From Hamlet. Yes. Yes. And it was a, the Rotten Tomato score came out after Sundance, and it was kind of lackluster. And so the PR firm started reaching out to critics, paying them, saying, hey, just review our film. You know, we feel that, you know, the the, the audience that saw it, you know, are kind of being a little bit harsh. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of being vague at first, but then apparently they've done it with a ton of film, like a ton, Bunker 15's done it with a ton of movies. And uh, it started with Ophelia in 2018, I believe, 2018, 
And um, basically, this has been discovered. And uh, to Rotten Tomatoes' credit, when this article came out, and it kind of was revealed what's going on, they immediately went and started removing a bunch of reviews that they suspect were paid for, mm-hmm. and then sent messages to everyone who's reviewed Bunker 15 films, and was like, fucking don't, if we find out you're doing that, you are done. Yeah. Now, but it does beg the question, if this, the is this the only firm that's done this, or has it happened before, mm-hmm. or is it happening elsewhere? While there's no evidence the system can be gamed. The system and can be gamed. This one lesser known PR firm is doing it. Yeah. What are these big studios? Exactly. Doing? Because like back in like 2016, yeah. 2015, a lot of major studios were getting mm-hmm. um, accused of doing it, but there was no real evidence for it. It was just kind of angry fans accusing. And when investigations did happen, it led to nothing. But that's why we think the smaller firms are getting away with it. Yeah. So what does this mean? Does it mean that I can't trust Rotten Tomatoes anymore? I think whatever trust level you had of Rotten Tomatoes should remain relatively the same with a bit more skepticism. Yeah. I think that, because to Rotten Tomatoes' credit, because are they a perfect website? No. Mm-hmm. Um, to their credit, they, whenever something like this happens, they are great at taking steps to prevent it. For example, when Captain Marvel came out and a bunch of people were review bombing it hard, they implemented a system kind of like CinemaScore does where if you want to leave a review on Rotten Tomatoes and it's a theatrically released film, you have to prove that you watched it. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly what you see is a bunch of these films that got review bombed while they can't go back and fix the reviews. All the future ones, when they try to make it happen, like an IMDb score will be incredibly low, but the Rotten Tomatoes is fine because it's people who actually watched the thing and weren't just like, hate reviewing it. Yeah. So it's like, okay, they take steps after things happen. What steps can you take for something like this? That's a bit harder to determine. Mm -hmm. But I do think that what Rotten Tomatoes should do, and they did release a statement where they were like, hey, we didn't know about this. We're going to take action to make sure that this doesn't happen again. What that action is, we don't know yet. But I think what should happen is a obviously a permanent ban from being considered on Rotten Tomatoes, maybe even fines, you know, depending on, you know, Mm -hmm. the violations of the code of conduct or not code of conduct but like terms of service yeah and um i would not be shocked if we hear more stories of things like this happening or we at least hear a critic say hey a company has reached out to me and asked me to like if they could pay me for a positive review i just want to let you guys know because i think that's going to be the new norm and because I do think if it was happening, it has to be some of these smaller firms like Bunker 15. Because, mm-hmm. like, if Warner Brothers or Disney or someone tried to do this, yeah, they have money and they have power, sure. But that gets out. It'd be all over. It, yeah, yeah. Like, it would be insane. So, good on Vulture for doing this investigative piece and discovering something that clearly shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, this is an isolated incident. But at the same time, wouldn't be shocked if it wasn't. I just hope that Rotten Tomatoes continues to at least try to do the right thing and have a tighter sense of security around, you know, they probably can no longer operate under just, oh, this is happening in good faith. Yeah. Like, I think they need to operate under the assumption that this can be gamed and we should be aware and ready for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what were your thoughts on kind of this whole debacle that happened? I agree. I, you know, I've always gone to Rotten Tomatoes. I've never taken the mm-hmm. ratings or anything to heart, but yeah. I always kind of just use it as a general sort of gauge as to when I'm, if I want to see it before a movie, kind of what, yeah. what am I getting into? Because... Yeah. 
the percentages, I don't think I'm like be like, man, that had a 64, more like a 63. Yeah. You know, like <laughs> I don't. But I go like, okay, yeah. so this is probably a fine movie, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm pleasantly surprised or be like, what the fuck? Why is yeah. it this higher? Like yeah. this was great, which happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I yeah, but I never took w- what they were to heart. I look at the critics consensus just for that nice two sentence thing. Yeah. Um. But overall, kind of like you said, whatever trust you had in Rotten Tomatoes, whatever you use it for, you know, it's skepticism. If you were like Rotten Tomatoes is stupid, it's pointless, then it is still stupid and pointless. Yeah. If you were like, this is the holy grail of referencing, I don't know, maybe watch some YouTubers who do reviews yeah. or, you know, look at um, uh, what's the uh, the big one that cinema scores yeah. are usually very reliable as yeah. well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I personally, I like the letterbox scores. Yeah. Just, I know there's no sort of way to prove that you watch the movie, yeah. but I think that's a very tight film community. So I like to look at that rating. Score. I like the letterbox scores, but I think, yeah. and this is nothing against letterbox. I love letterbox. Mm-hmm. I think if there's a system that can be gamed, it is letterbox. Oh, hundred percent. But yeah. I don't know if letterbox is as big as no, these are yet. It's not where it isn't. Hacked yeah. Yet, you yeah. And, and you know, I, and you know, with Rotten Tomatoes, like, you know, it should be known. I've been interviewed by them. Yeah. Uh, when I was at Comic Con, Mark Ellis interviewed me, and mm-hmm. he was like, "Have we ever gotten stuff wrong?" I was like, "Yes, King Arthur is amazing." Which is facts. Yeah. And so, Con like, Air is rotten. Yeah. Like, come so on. yeah. So I mean, with that said, I just wanted that noted. You know. Yeah. I, I have no. I'm saying that to let you guys know. I have no quarrels with bad things happening with Rotten Tomatoes. Good things happening with Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. It's it's a website to me. Um. You know. When you figure out how it works and realize like sixty percent, but the average score is an eight out of ten, and it's like, what? Mm-hmm. And or like a movie has a ninety percent, but the average score is six out of ten, and you're like, okay, like, I think of all the metrics you could use, yeah, it's a better one mm-hmm. than most, you know. But I think the most important thing is you know see the movies. Yeah. See movies that are bad, like The mm-hmm. Nun 2, which we just did a review for, which yeah. is in the link below. Uh, see movies that are great. You never know yeah. what will surprise you. These sleeper indie hits might be your new favorite movie. And, yeah. you know, form your own opinions. Put those thoughts out there. There's mm-hmm. plenty of social media platforms to engage in. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest marker is just go see it. Yeah. And I think the last thing I'll say is, while Rotten Tomatoes should never, ever be the be-all, end-all for yeah. what you do... I also understand because film is all if filmmaking modern day movie making is an art but it's also a business yep. and it's a product and if you're going to be a family of four who is going to debate should I go out and spend $150-$200 tonight you're going to want to know if what you're seeing is any good yeah no so, completely fair and, and it's kind of like buying a car buying a phone buying anything like you're going to look at the reviews like how is this product yeah, I'm, and, I'm fortunate and we're fortunate we have a list we actually yeah. like going to the movies with yeah. a good group you know it's not a but that's not the, that's not how it's it not a quarterly everybody. thing yeah. yeah so i understand that being sort of that caliber of it but yeah. also take the risk yeah i agree more risk, more risks should be taken but yeah. i also get it no yeah the, it's yeah. a very expensive thing and if it's gonna be bad then you kind of mm-hmm. feel like a wasted evening i look at it as i saw one yeah let's do it again next yeah. week my my, my whole philosophy is i just love going to the movies i do too i don't care yeah. what it is mm-hmm. it could be winnie the pooh blood and honey part two which is coming i know and i'm there <laughs> i don't care i'm gonna look i'm gonna watch it yeah i, I just hope i can bring kyler again because <laughs> it's very rare that both me and him equally dislike something like the same amount i feel like that's an extreme example though no no but like 
normally if we both like or dislike something, mm-hmm. it's to varying levels. That's one of the few movies where I think we both hated it equally. Mm-hmm. Like we both were like, that was garbage, right? Like, yeah, yeah, right. And so I want to bring them again because mm-hmm. I want to see if it was just pure capitalization or if it was, hey, let's learn from what we did and like, I know they have a bigger budget a better film. now. Yeah, they do. I'd be curious. Yeah. So I, I'm and listen, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I hope it's great. I hope when we're we're, we're off topic, but I think the most we're getting is good. Or listen, fine, listen, fine. Listen, I think okay. I hope it's great. Um, but with yep. that down, guys, uh, what do you think about the whole Rotten Tomatoes situation? Um, do you want to know more? Do you have any questions about how Rotten Tomatoes works or how you know this could happen to anyone else? Leave the questions in the comments. We'd love to respond or answer them in another video. And uh, with that down, Nicholas, let's move on to the B-roll section of our show. Uh, what is the B-roll, you may ask? Yes. It's an extension of the movie news section of our show, except we don't have time to do full deep dives on these topics, but we still wanted to bring you the headlines and let you know what's going on. Nick, what do you got first? Yeah, uh, some news coming out of the Venice Film Festival. Uh, Yorgos Lathimos's Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, has taken home the gold. It has won the top place at the Venice Film Festival and is a movie that I am very much looking forward to. Yes, especially after The Favorite. Uh, that movie fucking rules. If you've never watched it, Nick, um, it is. It. It's. I saw the lobster. That's a movie too, <laughs> and it's it's fits that vibe. But like yeah. the dude, the favorite. It's it's one of those movies where. You know, a movie is great when it's making something kind of mundane, but you care about it so much, mm-hmm. like Uncut Gems, where it's like I just want this guy to make the right decision the whole movie mm-hmm. you're just like please for the love of god make one good decision make one good decision life. and this movie is literally it's not based on a true story or anything but it's like old old timey mm-hmm. england like victorian era almost and uh kira knightley is like the queen's right hand maiden and emma stone gets hired and emma stone decides i think i want to i, I want to be the, the right hand maiden and it's just them duking it out being cunty to each other the whole movie and it's brilliant. <laughs> it's so great. Like it's unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, I thought the lobster it was it was weird. I'd want to revisit it, but yeah. the direction was great. Yeah. I know that. I know that uh, the favorite was not made for all sorts of technical awards. Yeah. And just from the trailer for Poor Things alone, that this sort of Technicolor world yes. that he's got going on, this yes. almost watercolor yeah. backdrops, and just the and, actors. Yeah, and the story is like a it. flip on Frankenstein, exactly. Yeah. Which we'll get some probably some good body horror, and you know, mm-hmm. we get Mark Ruffalo kind of wandering <laughs> around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I'm very excited. I'm glad to see it's getting that praise. And I'm wondering Same. if a movie that looks that weird and extreme could sustain itself through the Oscars. I look because that's so. a big creative swing, and I'm yeah. on board for yeah. it. Yeah. And no, typically, movies that win Venice at least get nominated. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong. Remi- correct me if I'm wrong about this comment. I'm pretty sure Joker won Venice, okay. and it ended. It ended up getting nominated, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that's a trend that. Kind of happens, yeah. Even if it doesn't win a bunch, it's yeah, it's going to get nominated. Yeah, okay, yeah. So I thought that was interesting to point out. Yeah, definitely. What else you got for us on the B roll? Ah, uh, yes. Warner Brothers Television has suspended a bunch of top overall deals uh, as the studios continue to not pay their writers or actors fairly. Yeah. Uh, so some of these uh, overall deals, first look deals, uh, include uh, Greg, Greg Berlanti Productions. So Greg Berlanti did the Arrowverse yep. on the CW. Uh, Bill Lawrence's Doozer Productions. Bill Lawrence is famous for Scrubs, and uh, more recently he did uh, Shrinking on Apple TV, which is a great show. 
Uh, Mindy Kaling's Kaling International. We know Mindy Kaling from The Office. Mm-hmm. I know she has a hit show on Max called The Six Lives of College Girls, yep. uh, which I think is entering its like third or fourth season already. Yep. And J.J. Abrams' Bad Robot. Yeah. So, And we, we heard that this could be a fear of a yes. lot of overall deals getting canceled, and mm-hmm. it's it's happening now. Um, it, it's a shame because, you know, they're just doing this instead of paying their people fairly. Mm-hmm. But it, it's also... I remember when we heard about specifically J.J. Abrams' overall deal, we were like, that's surprising that they're even making overall deals still. Because you'd think that that way of thinking is kind of not going on because mm-hmm. with how streaming works and how just like people want to jump around and do a bunch of different jobs. But if you make the deal, you should honor it. So this is kind of shitty. Yeah. And it sucks. And, you know, we're going to see things like this happen as the strikes go on. Pay your fucking people. How's that sound? Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? But yes, uh, thank you for that. And with the B-roll down, we're now going to move on to the box office. The box office. I like that. Thank That's you. good. A little yeah. harmony going on. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Nicholas, you got our predictions from last week? I do. Uh, Dalton, you had None 2, Equalizer 3, Blue Beetle, Gran Turismo, based on a true story, <laughs> and My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Okay. I had The Nun two equalizer three my big fat creek wedding three barbie and bottoms we were both wrong what you you were close i was yeah so uh coming in first was the nun two uh-huh making 32.6 million dollars good for them yeah coming in second was the equalizer three making 12.1 million dollars coming in third my Big Fat Greek Wedding 3, making $10 million. Coming in fourth was actually an Indian film, a Bollywood film called Jawan. I, I'm sorry if I'm pronouncing that wrong. It's J-A-W-A-N. Okay. Made $6.1 million. And coming in fifth was Barbie, making $5.9 million. All right. What a week. Yep. Blue Beetle came in sixth. Gran Turismo seventh. Oppenheimer eighth. Ninja Turtles nine. Bottoms ten. Dang. Hey, yes. bottom's at the bottom of the top 10. Hey. We're still in there, though. Yes, yes. So let's kind of dive into these numbers a little bit more. Uh, worldwide, The Nun has already made $85 million. And uh, its budget, according to Wikipedia, so take that with what you will, is around $40 million. So mm-hmm. it's already doubled it on its way to profitability. Surprise, surprise, a horror movie makes money. Look at the trend, guys. Look at the trend. <laughs> uh, next up, let's look at Equalizer 3. Uh, that film has now made uh, $107 million worldwide. <laughs> God damn. Fuck yeah, dude. That's so exciting. I believe its budget was around 60 So I want to say, hold on, let me, it was 70 So it needs to get to like 140 a little over 140 160 maybe. So okay. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, coming in third, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Um, this franchise has always done well. Um, that first one, for a while, was one of the top movies to never hit number one at the box office. Uh, worldwide, it has $12.7 million already. Let me see what that budget was. It's got a big cast. Yeah. I don't know if it's a bunch of big names, but it's got a big main cast, which might need some payment. Yeah. So, oh my God, according to Slash Film, my Big Fat Greek Wedding 3's budget was $5 million. That just that can't be. That is fucking awesome that can't be right it is i think it's right five million i think it's right it made 10 already 12 worldwide (laughs) 
is my big fat Greek wedding three going to be profitable? It, most likely it will. Depending on how it holds next week. All right, let me look at this. Yeah. Okay, so I stand corrected. Five million was the cost of the first film. Oh, okay. Well, there we go. The second film, they've not they've not reported the budget of the third film, mm-hmm. but the second film cost about eighteen million, and everyone is saying it's probably around the same fifteen to twenty. Fifteen to it's twenty probably range. A safe range. Yes. So it's made twelve. Not bad. It's doing not bad. For see how it budget. holds. It might be consistent, or everyone who's going to see it saw it. Yeah, that's true. Uh, let's dive into Juwan. Uh, yeah. It's made seven point five million dollars. It's only opened domestically so far. Let's see what that budget was. Uh, so with converting it, uh, it was made on a budget of about thirty six million, and it's made uh, so far a little over seven point five. I think it might have opened on a Wednesday. That's why it's above that opening weekend it's a number. Hefty budget. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's probably going to open worldwide and do gangbusters. Oh yeah. Overseas and of course Barbie, which has now made one point four billion dollars worldwide. What an insane Impressive. success story for that film. And uh, let's dive into a few other movies here. Uh, Blue Beetle mm-hmm. has made $114 million worldwide on a budget of 120 You know, them's the breaks. Still more than it would have made if it got dumped on Max. That's true. Uh, Gran Turismo has now made $93 million worldwide. It's going to hit 100 here in just a few weeks. But with that 60 budget, it'll be slightly below profitability. It might squeak its way there. We'll just have to see how it continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oppenheimer has now made $891 million worldwide. Nolan is very happy. Yeah, it's going to definitely crack 900 Especially with that back-end deal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem has made 161 now, and it's officially at 2.3 times the budget, so we're swooping right up to profitability there. Mm-hmm. And Bottoms has now made $7.6 million on a budget of 11 so it's a little while to go. But um, for the kind of niche movie that it is, I don't think the studio is going to take this as a bad sign at all, even mm-hmm. if it loses a little bit of money. And uh, lastly, before we go, I do want to compare the Nun's box office to the Nun 2's box office and kind of take a guess as to where things might be headed. Let's dive into this. Uh, the first Nun movie mm-hmm. opened to $53.8 million dollars which is Cuckoo Bananas, back in 2018. And The Nun 2 opened to 32, like we said earlier. So a step down from the first film, and the first film also had a 66% drop. I can imagine this around the same, uh, which leads me to believe, unless it has a strong hold, The Nun 2 will not be as successful as The Nun, but I don't think it's going to be a huge concern in regard to profitability. The first Nun ended up making $363 million worldwide on a budget of 22. 16.5 times its budget back. Hell yeah. Christ. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's going to be about... I think I could see The Nun making... Cracking over 200 maybe a little bit, Nun 2. I mean, once it hits 100, it's already uber profitable. Oh, so yeah. It's yeah, not like it's time. any... Yeah. But uh, but yeah, them's the breaks for horror. But uh, yeah, that tends to be the the little comparison between the nun and the nun two. There. Do you want to uh, get into our predictions for next week? I would love that. What is coming out, Dalton? What do we have? Here? I believe it's um, haunting in Venice. Is that it? Let me see. So all I see is a movie called After Everything. Okay. Uh, Camp Hideout, Satanic Hispanics. That's an amazing title. Jeez. And a haunting in Venice. So it looks like a haunting in Venice is the only big one we got coming. All right. Hmm. 
I believe I went first last week, so you are up this week. Ooh. Call me crazy. Yep. Number one, Haunting in Venice. Okay. Fair. Number two, The Nun 2. Okay. Number three, Equalizer 3. Number four, Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. Number five, Barbie. All right, I'm going to go Venice. I'm going to go Nun. Barbie. Oh, Barbie jumping up to back to number four. And Greek. That would be fucking good. That'd be good. I'm about it. We will see. We will see indeed, dude. Fuck. That'd be good. Hell yeah. Oh, but yeah, no, that's 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 pretty good. Uh, before we go, guys, I just want to remind you, um, if you like the show, uh, please consider subscribing to the channel. And if you liked audio-only versions, we do have those listed on your favorite podcasting app of choice. And if you're listening on audio-only, please go over to our YouTube channel and subscribe to us. We'd really appreciate it. And if you have box office predictions of your own, please comment them. And if you're right, we'll shout you out on the show. Uh, anything else you got for him, Nicholas? Yeah, as always, uh, as these studios continue to not pay their writers and actors, links to the strike pages as well as a donation link uh, can be found in the description as well as links to all of our social medias if you care to follow us on there. We post show updates and clips from the show. And, yeah. Yeah. With that, guys, I've been Dalton Burdett. I've been Nick Iricchio. And we'll see you on the next show. Thank you.